0: security chief perjure himself in the Oath Keepers trial.
1: Oath Keepers founder, Stuart Rhodes, has been sentenced to 18 years in prison. The Oath
2: Keepers are extremists who promote a wide range of conspiracy theories and sought to act as a private paramilitary force for Donald Trump.
0: One thing that the government was absolutely intent upon doing was not allowing anything that painted the Oath Keepers in a positive light. These are videos that were never released to the defense attorneys.
3: the January 6th government narrative. Welcome back to Whistleblower Wednesday here on the Rob Mana Show. We're live on the Red Voice Media Network where we bring you the facts and the truth and the mainstream media hates it. Welcome to our X Spaces simulcast audience. It's great to have you guys here uh, with us and uh, look forward to your questions and comments throughout the show here. While Americans are languishing in prison, On unwarranted, decades long sentences in many cases because of the big lie calling January 6, 2021, an insurrection. These Americans are being treated worse than how we treat our prisoners of war in Guantanamo Bay. That's Gitmo, for those of you that don't know what Gitmo stands for. From years long imprisonment before trial for offenses like trespassing to being thrown in solitary confinement for many months is in some cases. While their treatment is abhorrent, the fact that the big lie persists and is not being seriously challenged even by a Republican-controlled House of Representatives is truly a grave threat to the Republic. Well, my guest today is Attorney John Pierce. He's the chairman of the National Constitutional Law Union. He's a Harvard Law graduate. He's a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, and a defense attorney for many January 6th defendants and a bunch of other defendants, uh, as we'll find out during the show, that uh, that uh, I wasn't aware of until just before we came on the air. So, John, welcome to the Rob Mana Show, sir. Uh,
1: hey there, Colonel. Uh, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on. Really a pleasure. Uh, big fan of yours.
3: Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I'm a big fan of yours, too. Uh, but uh, you saw the opening clip there, I'm sure, with Steve Baker, who I've had on the show, and I, and I plan on getting him on the show once things, uh, once he gets all of his information out, that's kind of being held up by the J6 video uh, not being approved for release yet that they've used in that ad. But what they're talking about there is these, uh, and this is the first thing I wanted to hit with you, John, out of this gate, is is they're talking about hidden exculpatory evidence by the Department of Justice, uh, all the law enforcement agencies, the FBI, the Capitol Police, the Metro PD, uh, because these January 6 videos, all of it, have not been released, and the exculpatory stuff, they've seen it, but they didn't give it to you guys, the defense attorneys, or your clients.
1: So, you know, it's really, really outrageous what's going on with the uh, January 6th uh, tapes. Um, and look, uh, there's plenty of blame to go around uh, at the Justice Department and, uh, you know, the Biden administration with respect to all of this, uh, for sure. You know, what, I, what I'm what i really focused on right now um, is the absolute um, kind of abandonment of the January 6th defendants by the House GOP and the GOP establishment. Um, you know, we, we now, in theory, uh, the GOP controls uh, the House, And they can release these tapes. Uh, We've seen nothing but tweet after tweet after tweet um, and frankly, lie after lie after lie um, by the House GOP leadership, by many prominent members in the House who purport to be um, in favor of the January 6th defendants, uh, but actually don't lift the finger uh, to do that. So, you know, once again, for the, uh, you know, probably a couple thousandth time, um, you know, I, along with uh, all the January 6th defendants I represent, certainly and many others in the January 6th community, call upon. The House GOP and the new speaker, Mike Johnson, to, to release these tapes fully to the public. So millions and millions of Americans uh, can be reviewing these. Uh, and, and then the final point I'll make uh, before I uh, kick it back to you is, you know, the American people own this tape. They own that building um, and they are entitled to understand exactly what happened on January 6th. We're, we're getting a lot of this information out the course of these trials. Uh, I'm actually in a trial right now to have closing arguments tomorrow. and a felony trial for uh, an Army veteran, uh, Derek Gundy. Um, but um, you know, these these tapes need to get out and they need to get
3: out immediately. Yeah, they absolutely do. You know, and, and uh Representative Matt Gates from Florida uh is on video stating that every candidate for speaker of the house promised in their speeches in the closed door voting sessions, uh, that they would release all of the January sixth footage. All of it and, and it all really does. It does belong to us. I mean, we are the public, we pay the taxes that pay for those systems, and we not only deserve it, but we have a right to have ownership of what we bought. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, just like all of the cover-ups from, we saw the other day, the trans, uh, the trans festo, the trans-manifesto thing from the Covenant School uh, killings in Nashville uh, had to be leaked in order to get released because government officials are suppressing the truth because I don't know why. You know, when I was a Colonel in the Air Force and command of units and bases and all that, the biggest thing that I had to do when something bad happened was get out in front of it in the public and tell as much of the truth and considering classification and those kind of things as possible so the public is A, informed, and the public doesn't get incited to do anything uh, like violence. You know that's the reason why transparency and freedom of speech are so important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the reality is is that uh, I mean I certainly don't trust any any politician, any member of the political class at this point. Um, you know certainly including uh, the House GOP on this issue uh, specifically. Um, uh, this has been promised over and over and over again. And you know a, a what they're doing is every few months they they try to do something that's you know a little bit dramatic. They release a few, they release something to some media outlet and then they yeah. they, they they tweet out loud that oh they've released all the January 6th tapes. Those are lies. Uh, it hasn't happened. Um, and, and in fact, uh, in our last January 6th trial uh, for Ryan Zink um, uh, in September, uh, mm-hmm. we subpoenaed Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan um, to walk across the street, you know, 0.2 miles and testify on behalf of a January 6th defendant about what happened in the House chamber that day. Not only did they not want to show up voluntarily, they sent three taxpayer-funded lawyers uh, to, quash, to quash the subpoena, which was successful. So, you know, I'd I really urge everyone uh, who's paying very close attention to this uh you know, incredibly important issue uh, for the American people to really take a close look at uh, the difference between what the House GOP says and what it does.
3: Now in the trials, that uh, that brings up a question I was curious about, uh, and honestly, you're the first defense lawyer in these cases that I've had the opportunity to talk to you directly. In these trials, are any of these congressmen or senators uh, coming to watch this and observe uh, to see the facts that are coming up? out during the trials if it goes to trial Uh,
1: so absolutely not um so myself and my uh, team uh we have by far the most january 6 defendants i believe it's 38 at this point at different uh you know phases of of proceedings and and we've had the most january 6 trials by far and we will continue to do that one or two per month over the course of the next year essentially Um, i've not seen seen a single member of congress a single senator i've not seen a single staff member and and again um you I'm sure all your viewers realize it is literally next door uh, to where they were. And it, to me, uh, it's a disgrace. I mean, it's, a, it's an absolute travesty that, uh, you know, e- even, even the party that purports to, uh, at least some of them purport to uh, be big supporters of the January 6th defendants, I, I think, you know, that's proven to be simply for political gain uh, for themselves. And I have, not, I have not seen a single one of them, you know, lift a meaningful finger uh, to help us in any way, shape, or form.
3: That's very unfortunate. Uh can I get your opinion on why you think that is, especially from the Republican side?
1: Sure. Um you know, they're career politicians and and they've made they've made a a calculation, a political calculation that, you know, e- even to this point when we have, you know, folks like the very brave defendants that we represent that go to trial, you know, and and the lawyers, and I'm just one of them uh, that represent these folks, you know, have fought very, very, very hard. And, and that's a huge part of turning the narrative to this point. But even at this point, with the narrative really uh, changing, um, I, they have made a political calculation that January 6th is... Too too much of a hot potato for them to touch. Um, you know, they feel that it might hurt them in a general election, and they care more about their political careers than they do the January 6th defendants. The the one, look, the one person who's held public office uh, who's done, uh, you know, something meaningful for the January 6th defendants is President Donald J. Trump. Um, and I'm sure that will continue.
3: We're gonna see one of those things after the first uh, break, after my ad reader in a couple seconds. But uh, the, uh, so from from that perspective then uh and from all your experiences and I, and I want to inform folks that uh, that you represented uh Kyle Rittenhouse uh and uh, George Papadopoulos Carter Page I mean some really big uh, well-known folks uh whose rights have just been trampled on uh in this country uh by not only by government agencies at the federal level but all the way down to the local level quite frankly uh in the media and everything else Uh, and you started this organization, the NCLU. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that before we go to the break uh, so we can plant the seed in everybody's mind because one of my goals goals for the audience here, folks, is to uh, get the word out on the NCLU because we have to have an organization that will uh, be a counterweight to organizations like the ACLU which used to fight for all Americans' rights, even the Klan, okay? Uh, But they don't do that anymore. They've they've all been captured by the leftists. Uh, So we need that. And and that's what I see the NCLU is that you've created, John. But I'd like to get your take on it, what your objectives are and uh, how we can help you on that.
1: Thank you so much for uh, mentioning that. and Let me talk about it uh, here for a few minutes. Um, So you hit the nail right on the head. Um, so the NCLU National Constitutional Law Union, it's uh, NCLU.org is the website. And, and it is precisely that. Uh, it, it, is, it is the um, you know, counterweight uh, to the ACLU. Um, you know, the ACLU used to purport to fight for everyone's constitutional rights. Obviously, they become a weapon uh, for the left. Uh, that's all they are at this point. You know, they are part and parcel of an attempted communist takeover. Uh, of the United States and they're attempting to destroy the constitution uh, not to protect it. Um, so the NCLU is designed to in fact protect uh, everyone's constitutional rights. Um, and at this point of course um you know conservatives are the ones under attack. Uh, obviously I'm a, I'm a MAGA uh, conservative, you know, nationalist populist, um but also as a lawyer um you know I love the constitution and you know this is very much meant to be something that uh, will fight for everyone's constitutional rights because You know, really, the the only uh, two ways that this country is going to be saved, uh, both now and in the long run, uh, are returning to God and fighting for the United States Constitution. Um, You know, career politicians are not going to save the day. Obviously, uh, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, the one we need right now in the White House uh, to help save America. But the cavalry is not coming. Uh, It's going to be regular American people uh, who unite and stand up to to fight for the Constitution in the trenches. So. I'd really, really need help on that front, and I love everybody to to go to the website www.nclu.org, uh, sign up to be a monthly member. Uh, doesn't cost much at all, and we want millions of card-carrying members of the NCLU, not the ACLU.
3: Yeah, I'll be doing that. Uh, if not today, it'll be before the end of the weekend, myself, uh, because because uh, uh, it's that important, folks. And uh, uh, like John said, we are the cavalry. The cavalry's not coming. That's why I've run for office. Uh, and uh, and the Republican Party has beaten the crap out of me and my family for doing it. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump is the ex- the living example of what can happen when a non-career politician wins a high-level office, even when he wins. Uh, it's an example of what's happened. But we've got to keep stepping into that breach over and over again. Well, let's go over to the live audience uh, real quick, see if we've got a question over there. Uh, Kat is our, our producer, co- or host over there. So Kat, do you got anybody with a comment or a question?
4: Um, nobody has their hand up so far, so I'll make a comment. Um, I'm gonna ask John if I'm correct in this assessment, because I tweet about this a lot. I tweet about the J6ers a lot. Um, I want to make sure that my assumption is correct on this. I'm assuming I call them political prisoners, 100%, the ones that are still locked up. And I'm assuming I've been doing a big assumption that they're using the Patriot Act to basically deny them their due process. Am I correct in that assumption
1: or am I barking up the wrong tree? Just wanted to make sure. <clears throat> so, so I, you know, if you're referring to, um, you know, individuals who are essentially, who are detained pre-trial. Um, they, they, are, they are being detained under the Bail Reform Act, uh, which I believe is, is prior to um, the Patriot Act. Uh, essentially, uh, what it does is it allows uh, federal court judges, if they find that uh, somebody is a "quote unquote" threat to the community or, or a flight risk, uh, to detain them pre-trial uh, without bond or bail. Um, you know, I, I believe, and I've argued, you know, in all these instances, um, that that you know that that should not occur. Um, I believe it's a violation of uh, the Eighth Amendment right to uh, you know, reasonable bail, not excessive bail. Because in these circumstances, they're not just being uh given a, a high bail, they're giving being given no bond, no bail whatsoever. So even if you had a billion dollars, you know, a relative had a billion dollars, they could not put that up as collateral um and get the person out. Now, with respect to the Patriot Act, it's a very good point. Um, you know, certainly um certainly what the what the Patriot Act did was it gave Uh, the United States federal government, you know, law enforcement, and intelligence uh, agencies, apparatus, way, way, way too much uh, power. Um, It gave them these, uh, you know, incredibly sophisticated, uh, fine-tuned, you know, surveillance uh, techniques. Um, And as Dinesh D'Souza points out in the movie uh, Police State, I think very effectively, what has occurred is that the demand for, uh, you know, quote-unquote terrorists um, uh, has now outstripped the supply. And so, whereas... Mm -hmm. At first, at least in theory, it was meant to be going after, um, you know, the type of uh, sort of global war on terror, um, you know, targets um, in the Middle East, et cetera. It's now been turned almost exclusively on the American people, and this is this is the most terrifying thing that I've ever seen in the United States. um, And and we are about to uh, lose our freedom on every front if folks don't uh, stand up.
3: Oh, you're absolutely right, John. You know, the the cat. I would just add that the Patriot Act is what has led to the creation of a massive uh, storage facility that's been built out in Utah uh, because the Patriot Act enabled all of the phone companies and tech companies that collect data and everything to collect all that data and have the U.S. government store it. Now, in theory, they're supposed to have to get a warrant to get specific information on an individual or an entity uh, out of that data storage, but we see how corrupt the government at all levels is now and how infiltrated with these leftist Marxists uh, it is and that nothing is protected anymore. I think the biggest example of that is the the individual that stole Donald Trump's uh, tax returns and released them to the public. Uh, So we have no ethics and no integrity in government service. uh, So it's very dangerous what has been done there. And uh, we should be fighting to have that storage facility uh, disabled and uh, put back into the retirement, preferably to return to the sand from which it came. Well, I've got to do an ad read real quick. Uh, John, hang tight. We'll be right back. I'm going to do the ad read, and then we'll show our second clip. Well, listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value, and your hard-earned savings really are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit protectfrombiden.com. Welcome back to The Rob Manus Show live here on the Red Voice Media Network. Uh, We've got a great guest today. And I want to show clip two, Disco. Uh, because uh, President Trump, as John mentioned, is the only one really stepping out that's been in an elected office to help these J6 prisoners, and he's really, really gotten the uh, literal panties in a lot of the mainstream media after what he said just the other day. Go ahead. with clip, Thank you very much, and you, you
2: know, know what, what that, that was? was? That was, I call them the J6 hostages, not prisoners. I call them the hostages, what's happened, and it's a shame. So, Joe, there's Donald Trump calling the people who attacked the United States Capitol, who beat up police officers with American flags, who desecrated the people's house, calling them hostages. And I just have to say, as a patriotic person, to watch the president of the United States, the former president, stand there in front of American flags, saluting, saluting a group, that group of people who are in jail for what they did on January 6th, it's pretty repulsive. Well, and if you ask the families of the four police officers who died, they will tell you it was those people responsible for their deaths. So those.
3: Well, we're talking with John Pierce today. He's a defense lawyer, the uh, uh, founder of the NCLU, and you can find out more about that at ncldu.org, uh, and uh, defends many J6 uh, prisoners and everything. And I wanted to show that clip because the, that president, uh, his talent— is to be able to pick up uh, pick up on the current society language that's resonating with uh, people across the political spectrum and the word hostage he's picked it up from you know the the war that's going on in Israel there's the anniversary of the Iran hostage ordeal uh, just went past and everything and he effectively Uh, used that word in that speech just the other day, and it was right after they played the uh, music from the January uh, 6th prisoner's song where he saluted and everything, and just drove these guys wild because they know that, don't they, John? They know that he's picked up on that, and he's really good at connecting with the American people, no matter what their political party is, because he can do that with the language
1: well there, there's no question uh, that President Trump is an extraordinarily uh, good communicator uh, and he has an extraordinary uh, connection with uh, the American people and a feel for what uh, regular American people um, you know are thinking and how they're reacting to certain things and there is no question again um, that the narrative uh, has changed completely in the past couple of years and that you know folks across the entire political spectrum um, uh, the right, the independents, and even moderate Democrats um, are starting to see what happened on January 6th. And if you look at the polling um, about January 6th, you will see a massive sea change um, over the course of the past couple of years about what folks under you know understand actually happened uh, that day. Um, you know, being in the middle of um, trial and in trial after trial after trial, I have to be kind of mindful about, um, you know, kind of the, the things I... Uh, you know, I can say about uh, January 6th uh, cases. Um, one thing I do wanna just quickly go back to, which is such a great point, but with respect to the, the cell phone companies and the Fourth Amendment, and folks really need to know this. Um, the way that the Justice Department and the FBI um, were able to find and arrest, uh, you know, so many people um, is that they they blatantly violated the Fourth Amendment uh, with uh, geofence general warrants. Um, What what they did essentially was they went to the massive cell phone companies and they got cell phone data from every single cell phone that was in the capital area um, that day, which would by definition sweep up many, 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 many people um, who didn't even potentially commit um, any kind of crime. And then they essentially reverse engineered that data and tracked these people down, went and knocked on their doors, and started asking them questions. And many of these people, you know, not knowing their rights, um, you know, went ahead and talked to the FBI, uh, leading to their arrest. That that is a blatant violation of the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment was, you know, designed to avoid these kind of general warrants, which was a practice in England um, at that time. Um, and you know, the, and this is this is why we need help. The uh, DNCLU, for example, because these are exactly the kind of issues that we're taking up on appeal. And we simply cannot do it unless we have help. And these are things that are going to set precedent for the next, you know, several hundred years.
3: Now, as a layman and a, and a uh, amateur student of history, uh, especially of the United States and the colonies before that, a general warrant would have been uh, like kryptonite to the men that wrote the Declaration of Independence and fought the American Revolution, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is why it's the Fourth Amendment right up there, you know, with the First and Second Amendment. The Third Amendment, of course, is not uh, quartering troops in folks' homes. Uh, and then the yep. Fourth Amendment against unreasonable searches and seizures. And and under the Fourth Amendment, you know, like you said, Colonel, before the break, uh, there has to be um, a, a particularized uh, individual uh, with a particularized um, alleged crime uh, that has been committed in order to get uh, a warrant that passes muster under the Fourth Amendment, um, and and what the founders were terrified of was this practice of general warrants, in which essentially the police state of of the British monarchy um, at the time uh, would essentially you know just go breaking down doors and, and looking for looking for crimes um, and, and just targeting uh, you know political opponents, and that's exactly what's happening here. I mean, the founders were obviously you know genius. They saw that this kind of thing could and would happen. As, as power centralizes the way it tends to do over and over again. And uh, they, they wrote it in the Constitution so we would be protected against that. And now, uh, you know, the Biden administration, the Department of Justice, and the FBI is just running roughshod over that.
3: Yeah, we've got a couple of hands up in the live audience, but before I go there, I just wanna make sure I understand that the the a regular warrant, if somebody swears a warrant out on me, a law enforcement agency or whatever, uh, they're, they have to show probable cause, don't they, to a judge in order to get that warrant approved? And it's got to be probable cause about something I did, correct?
1: Yes, that's right. So there has to be probable cause, and it has to be particularized uh, to to a person in a in a um, you know an alleged crime uh, that there was probable cause to believe was committed. Um, you you can't just go to AT and T and Verizon and say. You know, hey, there was this big incident at the Capitol and there are some, you know, there's some people or lots of people that we believe committed some crimes, but you know, we can't really find them that effectively. And so we need all the cell phone data so we can uh, comb through it and reverse engineer and go knock on people's doors. That is not allowed under the US constitution. And it's really a terrifying thing if you really think about the, you know, the, the repercussions of what they could do with that.
3: Oh, absolutely. Okay, Kat, over in the X Spaces live audience, I see some hands up. Uh, Go ahead and uh, roll them out for me.
4: Okay, Rusty, go ahead. Good afternoon. Um, So, we have many people, as you know, have been calling representatives, and we even have some representatives popping Twitter spaces, um, and we're asking them to release the J6 tapes. And I guess I was curious your thoughts on um, what we could do. We're hearing that they're starting to come after more people that uh, went to the Capitol that day that did not enter the building. And we know that they're not able to get moved out of D.C. for their trials. And I'm just wondering, we know the Senate would give us no help with anything, but what could the House realistically, what should we be asking of these representatives that you, you feel would be help, helpful moving forward? Thank you.
3: That's a great question, because without action, I mean, we're just a bunch of words, John.
1: Uh, sure no that that's a terrific question and look the American people need to be raising holy hell about this with every single GOP house member in every way uh, humanly possible what what needs to be demanded specifically is that uh, the Speaker of the House, the GOP they're the ones that control these tapes as the majority at this point they need to immediately as in in the next 24 to 48 hours put all of the video on a public government server uh, that everyone in the country, uh, can review at their heart's content for as much as they want uh, as long as they want. And what will occur then is that the, is, this will be crowdsourced so that you know a an accurate picture of what actually happened that day can be can be formed. There is so much videotape that it would take you know an individual or a small team of people many lifetimes uh, to look over this. So it must be released fully to the public so that it can be crowdsourced by you know tens of millions of sets of eyeballs, and and again, beyond just that, which is incredibly critical, and uh, the the January 6th defendants are entitled to it under the Brady Doctrine, um, in order to have a fair trial, the American people own this video, they own that building, and the fact that a GOP-controlled house is playing games with this issue and is lying about it repeatedly, you know, it really defies description. Um, And the, the current crop of people that are in there right now um, I am not optimistic that they will that they will do this, and so um, you know ultimately we got to replace these folks with uh, you know kind of pure MAGA warriors who care about the country. And
3: and, and I'm, I'm I'm assuming now I'm not assuming uh, the facts appear to show uh, from my perspective that what they're afraid of is exactly what Steve Baker from the the Blaze, uh, the Pragmatic Constitutionalist, is what he goes by on on X, is, is that. He's uncovered two different sets of law enforcement testimony that are false using those videos and the timestamps on them. Uh, and it's clear, uh, even from the parts he's been able to release, that that is the case. And there has to be many, many more incidences of that that you all in the defense community and, and your clients uh, have to be able to get their, your hands on every single second. Of that video, it doesn't make any sense that anybody in public leadership in office would want to prevent that.
1: Of, of, of course, and I, I know Steve. Um, you know, Steve's done a, a great job. And those, you know, those couple instances that you point out. Just imagine how many more instances, um, you know, of that there could be, and there likely is. And imagine being a defendant um, who has already gone to trial and has been convicted and is potentially, you know, serving jail time. Um, without all of that uh, information, all, all of that data being available to you and your defense lawyers, um, so that you could make sure that all exculpatory evidence that the government has uh, is in your possession. And, and um, you know, I, I would argue that's a blatant um, you know, Brady violation um, for all these individuals. And so um, th- this needs to be released. It needs to be released immediately. And um, you know, I, I think that um, you know, the problem is we have a uniparty in D.C. It's all part of the swamp. Um, and, you know, if folks really, um, you know, start to uh, understand uh, in detail what happened on January 6th, I think that uh, it's not going to be good for the uh, Uniparty swamp.
3: Well, it's not going to be good for them. That's why they're fighting so hard, as Steve Bannon said years ago when Trump first won. Said, if you think they're not going to fight tooth and nail to keep you from taking their power, you're wrong. Uh, that's what we've got to do. Well, we've got to take a commercial break to pay for this thing. Uh, here, John, uh, but we'll be right back and we'll hear from Sean Parnell of Battleground at Red Voice Media, but also a former congressional candidate uh, and an author of the Outlaw Platoon and Combat Veteran about this really crappy treatment that America is doing to the January 6th prisoners. I'm Rob Manus. We'll be right back with John Pierce, the uh, chairman of the NCLU.
4: How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening, and it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare
2: isn't, in some sense, working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new
1: company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company.
4: Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. TWC.health is The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and is occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substance is combating this man-made disaster.
2: January 6th Like I have to say, any sort of unified GOP resistance to this narrative that January 6th was an an insurrection and these crazy—and I do mean crazy—heavy-handed sentences simply do not happen. The precedent that this sets is truly—it's—it's earth-shattering. This type of stuff should not happen in America. I'm not saying that there should be there should be no punishment. But my God, 17 years? Now, Joe Biggs was an Iraq war veteran who was injured in Iraq. This man is going to do 17 years in prison for shaking a fence, yet not a single damn person who sent him to war on false pretenses and Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. Well, they won't be punished at all. A million Iraqis dead. Tens of thousands of Americans wounded, maimed. Thousands of Americans dead. People's lives and families changed forever. All for a war that was based on lies. I know there are going to be some, you know, libs that are watching this that are saying, I'm an insurrectionist or whatever. Well, go to hell. I've seen insurrection. I was in the military. What happened on January 6th was not an insurrection at all.
3: Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. That was uh, Sean Parnell of the Battleground right here on Red Voice Media Network. And, and uh, you know, coming up on Veterans Day here in a few days, uh, we're, we're talking with John Pierce, the head of the NCLU and an Army veteran. Uh, I'm gonna add that in there to, just to make this point. Uh, Sean captures what a lot of us feel. Look, we're not about letting people off the hook that did stupid stuff and, and committed crimes. Uh, but what we are about is, uh, like I titled the show, the real big lie is the government narrative about an insurrection that never happened. Yeah, did, did some small riot pockets of rioting happen? Absolutely. Did people trespass? Absolutely. Was there vandalism? Absolutely. Uh, and was there uh, involvement of agencies that uh, drove some of that behavior? Absolutely. We have the proof of it now, uh, but we don't have the whole story, John and. Uh, you know, uh, Sean pointed out Joe Biggs there, who's a friend of mine. He's been on my show several times, uh, not since this. I haven't been able to get him. Uh, but before that, and, uh, he's got two Purple Hearts, you know. Uh, and uh, just this past weekend, we saw thousands of people shaking the damn fence at the White House, threatening, vandalizing. And not one of them has been arrested. Not one. There's been no arrest over that insurrection. There was no arrest over the insurrection at the White House in the summer of 2020 when Donald Trump and his family had to be moved to the bunker, uh, a move so unusual, folks. That is an unusual move, and I used to work in the outfit in the Pentagon that helped take care of that President of the United States. That is a highly unusual move. And then the Secretary of Defense and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs wouldn't even support talking about him declaring an insurrection so he could call in the National Guard uh, in the appropriate way. This narrative has to be destroyed, and it has to be destroyed most of all to, in order for the people like you represent to get justice, because there is no justice at this point, and that's an existential threat to America.
1: Yeah, it, it, it will be the destruction of this country if, if it does not turn around. Our constitutional republic simply will not exist um, in any way that we recognize. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just want to say, I mean, the two system of justice is just, uh, it's unbelievable. I want to say about uh, Sean Parnell, uh, he's a fellow Western Pennsylvanian, um, uh, you know, fellow Army guy, even though I was just in during peacetime, and he obviously did a lot more than me. Um, and also, you know, really a subject of a lot of character assassination Um uh, you know, when he was running for public office, which I thought was just, uh, you know, terrible and probably engineered by, uh, you know, the Uniparty and the establishment. Um, but he's absolutely right. Um, you know, there was no uh, insurrection whatsoever. Uh, the, the Justice Department knows this because they haven't filed any charges for insurrection. Insurrection is an actual crime. There are no charges for insurrection. It, it's 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 ludicrous and, and really doesn't deserve, you know, too much, um, you know, this discussion. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, These efforts by the left to uh, kick President Trump off the ballot are based on the "quote-unquote" insurrection clause, you know, Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment, which doesn't apply for a whole host of reasons, including the fact it was meant for Confederate generals after the Civil War, Um, and it doesn't apply to the actual the presidency if you read the language. Uh, And Section Five actually says that Congress is the one that enforces it. But you know, in in addition everything else, there was no insurrection, Um, and um, uh, so this, this stuff's got to stop. The way veterans are being treated uh, in the course of all this, you know, of course, it's just—it's uh, tragic. And, um, you know, it, it, the American people need to understand what an existential threat a two-tier system of justice is uh, and have to fight against it.
3: Yeah, and the inhumane treatment inside the jails and prisons uh, is really—I think that's what Sean was upset about. I, I, I heard the whole show, and, and I've done shows about it, too— uh, and, and it's one of the things that I am so uh, infuriated by, not just for the veterans, but for the for the regular Americans that have been caught up in this, uh, you know, like Owen Stroyer, uh, uh, who was convicted for shouting 1776 and sent to seven months or so in a federal prison. He's been thrown in solitary confinement for 30 days because he did a phone call and they did a recording about it and then published it on social media, uh, you know, is what the reports have been. That's just unacceptable uh, treatment, uh, and the Constitution is written in such a way that American citizens aren't supposed to be subjected to that kind of treatment, isn't it?
1: Uh, that's exactly right. Under the Eighth Amendment, um, you know, nobody can be uh, subjected to uh, a cruel and unusual punishment, um, and um, you know, that's an absolutely key part of the Bill of Rights. Um, I'll give you a quick example on this front. Uh, a former client, January sixth client of ours. Uh, we haven't represented him in a couple of years, uh, but but great guy, uh, Christopher Worrell. Um, he was detained uh, pre-trial for the first uh, seven or eight months, and um, you know he was suffering from stage four cancer, and right. he wasn't even getting his medication for cancer. Uh, and we fought tooth and nail up and down to the appellate courts, and um, you know finally after about seven or eight months um uh, G- uh judge Lambert uh found that there was a c- civil rights violation against him and uh, ordered him released and ordered a uh investigation into uh the the bureau of prisons and so um you know it's there's story after story like that and um you know, the american people need to be aware of this and uh you know really trying to fix the situation
3: well you mentioned judge Lambert. uh John, uh, that brings me to a question before I get to the next hand that's raised over uh, in the Spaces audience, but uh, uh, why did he, Why did you have to fight tooth and nail? I mean, it seems so obvious to a non-attorney, a non-court officer uh, uh, like me. Now, I've done court stuff as a military commander, uh, but the civil, you know, civilian courts, I have not done that. Uh, but it's so obvious that, that that should have been done without you having to fight Tooth and nail for many, many months.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's no question about it. You're right about that. Um, but the unfortunate reality is, is that when you get stuck in, um, you know, a government bureaucracy system that's designed to be, um, you know, in many ways, um, uh, you know, persecuting kind of one side of the, of the, of the fence in terms of folks. Um, when you get into that system, it's not easy. Um, and so. You know, we, we just had to scratch and claw and fight uh for seven or eight months. Um and then ultimately he was uh he was released uh by Judge Lambert.
3: Well, I'm glad he did it. Uh I'm familiar with that man's case. Uh okay, Kat, uh, we've got hands up over there in the uh, live spaces audience. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, money, go ahead. Or Money. I'm not sure how
3: to pronounce it.
4: Mom, that's fine. Thanks for taking my question. I was actually going to ask about the reporting of Steve Baker, but to expand on that further, as I understand it, the DOJ is trying to appeal for harsher sentences for the oath keepers. And now these officers that Steve Baker is reporting on as perjured themselves is are likely perjured themselves. They testified. Their testimony is what got these guys. Sentence. So what do we do to find out what cases they testified in and have this reviewed? I mean, if they're locked up under some lies, what is the next step? We all see it. What do we do to help these folks?
3: That's a great question. Uh, John, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, And so, look, every case is obviously uh, its own case uh, with, you know, unique facts in terms of who testified uh, in those particular trials. Um, And what has to happen in those particular cases uh, is that, uh, you know, those convictions potentially Need to be um, overturned, and um, you know, uh, folks that lawyers that represent those folks, uh, you know, uh, can try to go to the district court and uh, the court of appeals uh, to seek uh, relief on that basis. And look, and you know, I, I don't know. I've been so busy in, in my cases, I, I, don't, I haven't really been able to follow the specifics of um, you know what Steve has found. Uh, I'm familiar generally, um, you know, with with what you're referring to. Um, but yeah, if there was, um, you know, if there was perjury, then that's a crime, and so you know, that needs to be um, pursued. Uh, But the key key thing folks need to really understand, um, and it's almost hard to believe, it was shocking to me, there are so few lawyers who are uh, willing to help these January 6th defendants that it's impossible to describe. Um, We need way, way, way more lawyers um, representing those folks. uh, And we need need funding in order to be able to, uh, uh, you know, pay lawyers, pay staff, Know, pay paralegals and investigators so you know that's why I started the NCLU and you know we need all the help we can get on that front but we also need lawyers who are just willing to actually take the cases um, you know be beyond having the resources and there are very very few lawyers who are willing to do that
3: yeah and I uh, you know this is not a tangent but it is a side piece of information uh, the, that adds to this context so that uh, I'm not surprised that there aren't very many lawyers willing to do it I mean when you look at the treatment, of the attorneys that are, that are that have supported and are supporting the former president Donald J. Trump, and what's happening to them, you know, John Eastman, the the guy that wrote the memo on the, the options, uh, you know, at, uh, on how to deal with the election fraud uh, and those kind of things, has has been on trial for uh, in the California bar for weeks now uh, with a, uh, a, a crazy judge. It sounds like. You know, and and the attorneys in the in the Atlanta case, the RICO case, it's almost all attorneys. Uh, So, yeah, I'm not not surprised at all that it's tough to find them. But one of the things that really got me curious, though, John, is uh, uh, not just the treatment, but the fact that. Isn't it public record that uh, when somebody like uh, Harry Dunn, I think, is one of the police officers uh, that in this testimony issue that Steve Baker's found, and I can't think of the other guy's name, uh, but isn't it public record that those individuals testified in these cases?
1: Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, everything that happens in the actual— Uh, cases is is public Um, and so the transcripts will be something that the public can can access in every one of these cases Um, the exhibits uh, are something that um, you know are public Um, and so again this kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the January 6th tapes Um, the American people are going to have to do this Uh, there needs to be you know millions tens of millions of people that are constantly you know reviewing these things and and are calling things out and investigating um, you know the Politicians aren't gonna do it, the House GOP is not gonna do it. Um, and there are not enough lawyers to do it. There just aren't. Um, and so, you know, I think that um, you know, the American people are gonna to have to uh continue uh, to fight for these folks. Um and uh, you know, again, the 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 change in the perception of Americans from when this began, because I've been involved in the very beginning, it's it's night and day. Um and so, you know, I think you look at the polling and um, you know, it's 70, 80 percent. Um, you know, have a certain view of, uh, you know, what actually happened on January 6th, which I can't really talk about too much. Um, but people are starting to really understand what happened that day. And, uh, and this needs to be dealt with for the American people to move on uh, from this.
3: And you would think the damn uniparty politicians would be figuring that out by now and change their tune on uh, how they're uh, not supporting uh, anybody that's involved in this and continue to support the big lied insurrection narrative. Well, we've got to take our last break, John. When we come back, though, uh, we got a little clip with Clay Higgins and Chris Ray, you know him, the FBI director, that's a big liar too, uh, and uh, talking about the involvement of law enforcement agencies on January 6. I want to get John's take on it, given his experience with uh, a lot of these uh, clients and uh, and uh, reading the you know the facts uh, of what's being said. I'm Rob Maness here in the Red Voice Media Network uh, with our Spaces Live audience too. We'll be right back
0: attention americans breaking news biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway don't be fooled it won't benefit you take action now the federal reserve phase deployment of fed now began on july 1st 2023 be prepared this may catch many off guard your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy but there's a simple legal tax loophole To opt out of the digital dollar, reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit ProtectFromBiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit ProtectFromBiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's ProtectFromBiden.com.
3: Director Ray, does, it, does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when... Even now, because that's what you I, told us two I years finish? ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used Confidential Human Sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's Confidential Human Sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have Confidential Human Sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January 6 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be I a can- no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should
1: not read anything into my decision Uh, not to share information. Director Wray, gentlemen's time has
3: expired. Welcome back to The Rob Manus Show, where we're talking about the real big lie, the government narrative on January 6th and the whole insurrection fakery. Uh, that's going on uh, and continues to live to this day. And that video clip was uh, was one year ago. Uh, and a year before that, uh, he was still saying he couldn't talk about it. And we now we have the evidence. And our guest today is uh, attorney John Pierce, who's uh, uh defense attorney for many J6 clients and, and has also been a defense attorney for very big cases uh, on uh, civil rights, especially on the America First side of the aisle, uh, John, and uh, I know you can't talk a lot about specifics, but it, but in your experience, I mean, that's, that's some of the public interaction that we as citizens get to see, but most people aren't getting to see or hear about the facts that are coming out in the trials just because they don't have access to it or don't know they can get access to it. What are your thoughts on this whole issue, uh, uh, considering the context and the whole Whitmer fed, fed kidnapping case and entrapment and all that—you got to be thinking that sometime at some point the dam's going to break and the facts are going to come out that supports the idea that there were a whole lot of law enforcement agents on the ground and their and their informants and their human sources and they had a lot to do with it. I think I saw an article from Gateway Pundit about the the 1776 project document that lays out uh, how to do it, how to take over government agencies on January 6th, but it was written by an FBI informant? I mean,
1: come on. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the first uh, comment I'll make uh, is that you can't trust a single thing that come out, comes out of Christopher Ray's mouth. Um, that has absolutely been proven beyond a reasonable doubt um, in the last, yeah. uh, last few years. Um, and it's really sad that we have uh, an FBI director who acts like that, uh, especially under oath. Um, the, and look, the, the facts are in. The evidence is out there in these trials um including uh in the proud boys trial um that my uh law firm partner roger roots who's uh supported by the nclu uh brought out into the light which is that there were dozens and dozens of uh federal assets uh, federal agents uh undercover um in the crowd on january 6th uh, and this includes not only uh fbi agents it includes uh, Capitol uh, Hill police, uh, undercover, uh, sort of counterintelligence uh, officials, as well as uh, Secret Service plainclothes um, uh, that were there. This is, this is, uh, this is, and this is not. This is not my opinion. These are not my thoughts. This is the evidence, and th- this has now uh, been made public uh, in the course of these trials. Um, you know the fact that we're fighting these cases and we're getting one piece of evidence out there here, another piece of evidence out there, um, is what has been, you know, turning this narrative around. And um, you know, while again, and I appreciate you understanding this, I can't, you know, talk about specific, um, you know, cases. I can't talk about the evidence that's been out there, uh, you know, in other cases. that's a matter of public record, um, and it's not, it's not even, it's not even disputed now. Um, you know that, uh, that 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 that's the case. Um, uh, it's just that they're trying to, you know, they're they're trying to hide the ball. They're trying to, um, you know, de-emphasize it uh, and trying to make this narrative stick, uh, including trying to go after President Trump um, in the January sixth case. And they're just trying to help, you know, hope that that uh, prevents him from getting back in the White House and um, making sure the right people actually pay.
3: Yeah, God help them if uh, if he does get in, and I'm supporting him, uh, and I'm a volunteer. Uh, I'm sure there are tens of thousands of us that will volunteer to help him run the government and uh, uh, eliminate from power anybody that was involved in this, no matter how low or how high they were. Uh, So has, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you uh, before I go back to the live audience is, uh, has anybody tried the entrapment defense yet in any of the J6 cases? like? Like was successfully done in the uh, the uh, Whitmer Fednapping case.
1: Uh, so what, so what is happening? Um, you know, in these cases, uh, and again, as an officer of court, I have a great amount of respect for the federal court judges here, um, and I practice in front of them every day. Uh, obviously, I disagree with uh, you know many of their rulings, but I respect those rulings. Uh, but what what is happening is that um, you know those kind of defenses are are not being allowed uh, as a matter of law in these cases, generally speaking. Um, I think that that's going, to be ha- that's going to have to be something among many, many other issues, including uh, you know, the venue issue uh, that are gonna to have to be fleshed out at the uh, Court of Appeals level and potentially the Supreme Court, where there are you know, many cases starting to uh, work their way through the appellate court system uh, as we speak.
3: Yeah, the venue issue is huge. I mean, I just saw a, a public official case, I think it was yesterday from somewhere in, in another state uh, where they changed venue for that public official because of the uh, the overwhelming uh, population there was going to be a, against them, you know, because of the media, because of the way they vote. I mean, all kinds of things. And uh, none of that's been allowed in the January 6th cases. So I look forward to that appellate process. Well, let's go back over to the live audience. we got some hands up over there. Let's see if we can knock these questions out, Kat.
4: Okay, I'm going to go out of order here and let Cajun Queen go. She is a um, wife of one of the J6ers welcome. Thank you, Kat. Uh, Thank you, uh, Colonel. I am actually uh, Kenneth Harrelson's wife, Mm
0: -hmm. one of the Oath Keepers that was in Stuart Roach trial, and John knows who I am.
3: And I can pretty much answer those questions that you asked, and I'm more than willing to speak about what happened in the trial,
4: because I was there. Just if you want any questions answered.
3: Okay. Did you have a uh, question at all or?
4: No, I, okay. I just heard that y'all was talking about uh, the trial and about Harry Dunn and all mm-hmm. that
3: stuff. So I wanted to make sure I was available. Okay, I appreciate it. One of the things that I do plan on doing, and I know, I know I'm know, i familiar with you too, because we follow, we followed each other on Twitter for a long time, uh, yes. is uh, to get you and some other family members on a panel someday uh, on the show once we can get enough folks that are able to do it. Together, because uh, your stories have to be told uh, uh, wider than you're able to get them out right now. We're all suppressed, but if we all uh, collectively, uh, continuously put the right stories out and the truth out, eventually that'll overcome it. I think. I think John, that's one of the things that we're seeing that you've talked about a couple of times on the show today is that uh, public opinion has turned the tide, uh, and I think. uh, I think that more than sixty percent of Americans think that the uh, uh, federal law enforcement uh, and intelligence agencies were involved in the uh, January 6th riots. At this point, don't they?
1: Yeah, and, and I have to, uh, and I have to say, and I have to give uh, you know credit uh, to your speaker here and so many other family members uh, like her. Um, you know, a huge part of that. Um, ha, has been the uh, outsp- the very very brave and courageous outspokenness um of these family members like angel um and you know n- enough cannot be said um about the ordeal that they have been put through uh the courage that they have had to uh, speak up on behalf of their family members um and um you know it's it's um it's 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 really heartbreaking what what so many you know average american families regular american families have gone through and so many of these uh so many of these defendants are former um, uh, military, uh, you know, former vet, you know, vet, they're veterans, they're they're former law enforcement officers, um, and you know, it's what what the government has has done to them is really uh, heartbreaking.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I haven't always been a praying uh, uh, person, uh, I've been religious most of my life. But I, I've not always uh, done a good job at that. But I say a prayer every day for these families uh, uh, like Mr. Harrelson and Angel uh, and everything, because, I mean, at, that's the least I can do as an American that's seeing our some of our citizens just being uh, uh, just pounded by a system that's not supposed to operate this way, man. It's just not supposed to operate this way. Uh, well, I got one more hand up. Let's see if we can get it done before the end of the show, Kat. I'll take that one hand.
1: Okay. All right, Pierre. You're Your Good, turn. Pierre.
4: Yeah, thank you. Um, so I have two questions. Uh I have a big treat to the January six. And you know what is task force one to six?
3: No, I'm not familiar.
4: Okay, the task force one to six is the pre-parotation, long time before the January six, really important. Um you you find this out in my treat. Uh, I give a decode and the link on, and then you see um task force one to six assessment. Really important, or uh, we have twenty-four point six gigabytes of information from the January sixth the search, it's the DOD IG. So the Department of yeah. Defense Inspector General, who have twenty-four point six gigabytes of information. Uh, from the FBI, the Postal Service, the U.S. Army, the DOD, yeah, and yeah. the National Guard, all who was involved on the January sixth.
3: Yeah, I am familiar with, and uh, 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 I would be willing to bet John is too. That the uh, DOD was actually running the preparations for it. They had big meetings down in Quantico that involved all of these agencies. Uh, maybe that's what Pierre's referring to. Is that was called a task force of some sort. But uh, that is uh, something that needs to be investigated further, and all the facts need to come out. Isn't that right?
1: All the facts need to come out, um, and the American people, you know, they need to know what happened, and they're entitled.
3: Yeah. Well, John, we're out of time, man. Uh, i give you the last 30 seconds to uh, uh, say where you can be found uh, on the Internet and uh, make that one last pitch for the NCLU.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Everybody, please go to uh, the NCLU website. That's nclu.org. Sign up to become a monthly member or an annual member. Uh, You know, these funds are going to go directly to helping real January 6th defendants in trial right now. uh, And we need all the help we can get.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. And uh, I'll have to do another show because there's a whole lot of things outside of even January 6th I want to talk to you about uh, from uh, the civil rights perspective. Uh, and uh, it's just so critically important, folks. Well, thank you all. Thank the audience over in the uh, uh, spaces. And thank you for watching at Red Voice Media Network. This is the Rob Mana Show. Sean Parnell uh, with Battleground is up next. You don't want to miss him. Uh, tomorrow is Truth Thursday and Saturday is Veterans Day. Pray for the, your veterans and uh, thank them for what they've done and continue to do for this country. And remember and remember those who have fallen. I'm Rob Manus, Tucker still laughing.